0: Lord Warren of Glasgow presents the Scottish League Cup to the side that lasted the course better. All conquering East Fife. As I made my way to that edge on Wellesley Road To sing my songs for the boys in black and gold I heard the stories about 19 Thirty-eight. And I was just a boy. I knew I'd have to wait. Now yeah, there's broken dreams and what might have been at that stadium by the shore. But those glory days and gold might return once more.
1: hello hello how do you do we are the boys from new bayview and we're back with another episode of glory days of gold your east fife and scottish football podcast i'm michael mccall i'm lee gillis and it's just the two of us just the two of us we can make it if we try yeah i think well That'll probably be the highlight of the show, to be honest. It probably will be. Gordon's (laughs) still away down in Uruguay, and Doug's just been on a bender for the Lunar New Year, and we've just not seen or heard of him.
2: Or Scott's finally managed to get from the outside to the inside, and he's got him chained up in a dungeon somewhere. Oh, no. It's it's that
1: Kathy Bates film all over again.
2: (laughs) That's funny, because being an East Fife fan is a misery.
1: It most certainly is. And actually, if you were chained to a bed and you couldn't get out to the games, that would probably be a benefit, to be totally honest.
2: Uh, I mean, the way they were playing just now, if you were able to see Bayview from your your back window, you'd probably draw the curtains.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I always thought it'd be great if you had a, a, a place that just looked out onto a football pitch, but yeah, maybe not a Bayview these days. I'm We're doing gonna get it, um, into Stamford,
2: Stamford Bridge a couple of times? We work like, um, and there's uh like looking out onto Stamford Bridge, there's like a row of flats, and there's like three or four houses with like Arsenal flags at it, like <laughs> first flags and stuff like that. And like, it's a miracle they've not had their windows put in after like Chelsea because Chelsea, oh, yeah. We could see. so
1: yeah, <laughs> I mean, they, they could easily build some flats around the outside of Bayview, and what you could have is. The ones that look onto the pitch are cheaper and the ones that you don't have a Bayview view, view are, are more expensive. Well, they're probably looking
2: at the sea anyway. So
1: Yeah. I think also uh, the way that things are going, they might have to change the admission, whereas it's maybe £10 to get in, but £20 to get out. It's genius, actually. Mm-hmm. That's there you go, goes the commercial, commercial guy who just pitched that to, up to you <laughs> <in>. <laughs> I'll see <laughs> what I can do. Lock the gates. No one gets out until they pay more money. That's it. Uh... Yeah, we're going to get into the plight of East Fife in this show and we've, we've nothing planned. Sometimes we do a rundown for the shows and we, we know what we're going to talk about. We, we didn't want to do it for this episode, we're just going to do this one from the heart and just talk about whatever comes to our mind, whatever comes up. We'll get all into all of that in a sec. But before that, let's just hear a little bit from this episode's sponsors. East Fife Community Football Club is proud to sponsor Glory Days of Gold, Keep up to date with all our community programmes through our Facebook and Twitter pages. There are classes available for every age and ability, from toddlers to walking football. Just search East Fife Community Football Club. May's Mortgages are Fife-based mortgage and protection specialists. Our aim is to provide our clients with high-quality, personal and friendly service. Our advisors have over 25 years of industry experience and have an outstanding record for sourcing our clients the products that suit their needs. Where we're different though, unlike many other brokers, from start to finish, we won't charge you a penny. Contact us via Facebook to find out more. So thanks as always to East Five Community Football Club and to May's Mortgages for their continued support of the podcast and of East Five, They support us. Go and support them. And, talking of support, East Fife certainly look like they need all the, the support they can get just now. Not just off the pitch, but on it. It's... We, we couldn't do the show last week, unfortunately. I couldn't make it, and just timings and everything. I kind of wish we had, in a way. Because we'd at least have had a, a semi-positive to talk about. But we can talk about that Steny game. The 1-0 draw. The battle of current former managers, managers that applied for the job and didn't get it against the one that did get it. And then we'll look at whatever that was uh, against strandrar yesterday. And um, the, the highlights went up early for that strandrar game. They don't usually go up as early as they did. I couldn't bring myself to watch it on Saturday night because I'd been reading your guys' comments and the WhatsApp group comments and the Facebook comments. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to have a nice Saturday night and I'll watch it on Sunday. I did watch it this morning and at first I thought, oh, I don't know what everyone's complaining about, it's not been that bad, but then, yeah. How are you feeling right now? You've been at these last two games. It was a semi-positive last week against Stenny. It was a good point, building on the result in Elgin. And it feels, Lee, though, that us, the fan base. One week we're going to be in a positive mood. One week we're not. You could easily say that that is just what it's like following lower league football teams. But this roller coaster of emotions is it's starting to take its toll on some very long standing fans.
2: Yeah, it's been two seasons of shite. <laughs> to be honest, um, how. How, I'm trying to sum up how I'm feeling about Sweden, but probably you know disillusioned, disengaged. And, you know, I just I can't resonate with this team at times, mm. and I like teams that I, I feel that there's something there, and, and I just I just can't with this. Um, you know, like the episodes that are doing the show is is, is actually becoming a chore because there's, there's not an awful lot of positive things to talk about. And, yeah. you know, when we started this, it was meant to be like a nice positive forum to, to convey our opinions and interview former players and, and things like that. But it's becoming harder and harder because I, contrary to, to some fans' belief, I don't actually like being negative. Um, I, I do like to try and be positive and I I I think you're a very positive
1: person to be honest it's like out of the four of us that regularly do this show you're the most positive of all of us you always try and look for the positive aspect of what's going on and this might be be, interesting because this might be a flip because I I have some positive things that I'm seeing just now but yeah I I know Um, it feels doom and gloom at times
2: well, I mean, I mean, if you look at the table, I think that's the table the actually hides how poor we are. The table hides how poor we yeah. are. Um, and, you know, for me, like Greg McDonald's, an absolute legend, great guy. You know, he's, he's done well to recruit the two players that he's brought in in January. You know, some people will say that he's partly responsible for the, quad, the squad that's assembled. I don't think he can be entirely culpable for that because it was a Stevie Crawford team. So, you know, I, I still think that I, I would like to see him some build his, his own team. But one win and nine is is very dangerous form. Is yeah. is very dangerous form in this league. Um, and you know, there's times that I've, I've disagreed with his statements in games where he felt that we played well. He said we deserved a draw against Stenny last week, and I, I thought it, we were battered against Stenny last week, um, and we were very, very lucky. I mean, the goal they scored was was an Alan Fleming howler. Um, aside of that, you know they, they did they threatened a lot and, and Fleming made three or four really really good saves to, to keep that scoreline respectable last week and Fleming made a couple of good saves saves yesterday but yeah there's just there's no identity to the team just now Michael and and you know under Crawford it was like passing football for a bit and then we resulted to long ball. Greg came in in the interim spell and had us playing really nice stuff. Like, Forfa were excellent. Bonnie Regal were excellent. And I was like, right, okay, he's got this team playing for him and they're playing well. Um, and then it seems after that, we've just fell into a burning ring of fire. Um, and, you know, yesterday, I actually lost it at one point because we're punting balls up to, to Taylor Stephen, who is tiny. And I'm like he's not going to win the ball in the air. So you do that and you instantly lose possession. The, as I say this, what it feels like every week is the goals that we, def- that we concede are criminal. Well, I, I was going criminal. to say that.
1: like We've got a defender as a manager and we our defensive shape is non-existent.
2: Yeah. Um, you know, you can't legislate for individual errors, but we seem to make them every week. And Is that a lack of concentration? Is that a lack of confidence? You know, all these questions echo through your mind regularly. Like, Mercer's won yesterday. I was like, oh my God. Um, You know, Murdoch's made a few of them. Mercer's been responsible for a few um, goals this season. And, And the third goal yesterday arguably was the one that upset me the most. Don't get me wrong, Mercer's an individual error. But the third goal, when they got the ball, he was the, the centre forward was running through. I turned and said to my dad, "I was like, this boy's running right through uh, two centre halves, and he's gonna he's gonna score." And before I even finished saying it, the ball was in the back of the net. And I'm like, if I'm seeing that, how can professional mm-hmm. footballers not see that? And. I was a terrible footballer, so I'm, I'm not under any illusions that that um and know a lot about football. You know, I am a fan who gives his opinion and some people will like my opinion, some people will think it's utter shape. That's that's ultimately an opinion. As my dad would say, they're like Harshels, everybody's got one,
1: right? Yeah. But, you know, that's the great thing about football, it's like everyone's yeah. got their opinion. But I I'm I totally agree with you. That's exactly what I was gonna say. The second goal, as bad as it was with Mercer, I think he just took his eye off the ball or misjudged it. I don't know whether he was looking up to see what was around he's, him and just misjudged it.
2: In his defence, he's not playing his natural position. So he's playing left back and, you know, there's been times when I played football that I had to switch to right back and it throws you completely off. Um, you know what I mean? Just like, you know, and if he's not comfortable using his his left foot, maybe that could be, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to find reasons to defend the guy because again really nice guy but they went of yeah. mistakes I mean, that we've we've made this this year and the goals that we've conceded the, are horrendous and you know sorry I feel like I'm going on a tirade here it's probably just raw emotion for, oh no for, it's for good him.
1: this is this is what the show's going to be it's because as I said we've nothing planned so this is straight from the hearts we're just straight yeah, from it, the hip it here is,
2: it is um, a hot dog, complete hip fire but you know we look lost in games and, and like I've said like you're looking for an identity, and we don't have one. It's it's almost like we get the ball, we try to do a little bit of passing football. We're pressed, so if a team presses us, we're fucked. We, we can't deal with. It. We then launch the ball forward. We lose the ball, and immediately we're on the, like on the back your back foot. And the 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 diamond formation worked the Elgin, it has it? Hasn't worked. It's It didn't work yesterday.
1: At yeah, the there's a the big diamond, gaping hole in that middle of the park.
2: Correct. So you've got Scott Agnew, very, very good player, but playing in front of the back four. He's probably not fully match fit. Um, I'm sure he's a fit guy. He's also a personal trainer, but he's probably not fully match fit yet. I think he's at 36. At the top of the diamond, you've got Troughton, who's I think 39 or something like that. So your, your top and bottom of the diamond aren't your quickest, fittest players. We then shut Kid Miller out to one side of the diamond and Ferguson out to the other. And for me, none of those players give you width. Miller has played his worst two games in these five jersey consecutive weeks standing and this in today. You know, couldn't even give him his normal seven, which I say about Miller, he gives you a seven every week. You've got Healy and Omar on the bench who would give you width. You've got Shivoni on the bench. Now I know I know Shavone's carrying a bit of a knock, still struggling with his hamstring. But for me, there's there's too many boys that start every single week, regardless of how poor they play. I don't think Shepard scored a goal since like September or October. But he'll go into a game on a Saturday knowing every single week he's going to start. You know, He's playing
1: him. like a a striker low in confidence just now. Like, there was a couple of chances yesterday. That one that he just poked past, that's the kind yep. of one we needed that to go in for a number of reasons, but for him personally to get that monkey off his back yep. and think, okay, I've, I'm back to scoring again.
2: I, I, I think that we're trying, and we did it when Baldi was there as well, it's almost like we're trying to play affirmation to shoehorn in the players that we've got rather than a style of play imposed by the management team of how they want to play. Now for me, and I've said this regularly, in this division we should play four four two. And that's just my opinion. You know, it would mean that or or even, you know, four three three, but it becomes a four four two when we don't have the ball.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: you know we've, we've got Healy who is a decent winger you know he's quick he's look trickery Omar I am just I just think he can't be fit but he's a winger you know you could play him on the wing um, and then you could have two sitting midfielders to protect the back the back four but what my thoughts on that are is the reason that we don't play that formation is because we're trying to fit Alan Trouton in the team now, Trouton last week I thought I had a really good game against Elgin. I thought he had a really good game. He was missing yesterday for 90 minutes. You've then got Shepard who's not scoring goals. You know, we're crying out for a striker. We're crying out for a left back. And we're seeing a lot of these players go to other teams. Now, I'm sure that we're in for them. But is it that we're not offering enough money? Is it that we can't convince them to come to us because of the situation that we're in? But that... Situation becomes more precarious as the weeks goes on. Now, granted that a lower league, we could um, still recruit into February. I don't think we could afford to wait that long. I think oh, that we no. we need to we needed to sign a striker three weeks ago, and we haven't. Now, I don't know the ins and outs of that. Really, not privy to that information. Um, but for me, it's, it's a, a huge concern that we haven't. And, and you know, I, I've seen a few people going, "We're lucky, Bonnie Rigg are shite." Well, Bonnie Rigg have signed four players are trying to strengthen the squad. Um, now, granted, do I think any of the players have signed are in good signings? Probably not. But on the of form that we're on, you know, you, every week you're looking where that next win's going to come from. And do I think that's going to be next week down at Annan? No. Do I think that's going to be the following week at Steny? No. You know, really, we a weight at Albion Rovers, that's probably our only chance in the next three games to get a point in my opinion and having uh, overs, you know while they've got Charlie Riley they're a threat so it's it's difficult when you're in the throws of a really really bad bout of performance one win in nine um, you know one clean sheet in I don't know how many games you know the amount of times that that Flemons made incredible saves to, to keep our scoreline respectable which is why I'm not going to stick the boot in for his mistake last week because the amount of times that he's made saves that, you know, he probably had no right to make to to get us points. I.e., the last game that we played Albion Rovers away from home, where eh, we got three points, and I didn't think we deserved it that. Day. I, I do genuinely think we're in a bit of trouble here.
1: I just had a quick look just now. We've had three clean sheets all season. Bonnie Rigg. Yeah, Bonnie eh, Rigg was the last Alvin one. Away. Yep, and then the game I was at against Forfar, But yep. you know how long ago it was that I was back, so
2: yeah, and that was 1 wow. 0 and 90th minute penalty or something yep. like that. Um, so you know, Forfar now are signing really, really well. They brought Ray McKinnon in, um, and, and they're signing good, good players. Forfar, I think, will finish in the playoffs. I would, I would actually say, considering six months ago they were the worst team in the league, I would now say that they're. They probably end with a good chance of the playoffs now due to the recruitment and in their form. Yeah. You, you've got to think that Steny and and Dumbarton are the other two, and, and then you've got probably a Annen or, or Elgin, maybe even Stenhousemuir. Your mate sticking there. I will stick my neck out now and say there's not a hope in hell we'll finish in the playoffs. And if we finish anywhere other than tenth, I would bite your hand off right now. And that's not me being negative. That's just because I'm a bit like. There's Panic stations and alarm bells are ringing. Yeah. You know, we are only three points off third, which is insanity. They still talk like that, right? But I would feel a bit more comfortable in that position if we were playing well and looking like scoring regularly, but we're not doing either of those things.
1: I just had a quick look as well. So we talked, we've had three clean sheets all season. How many games do you think we haven't scored in this season, off the top of your head?
2: Won't we'll be many, because we're, we're actually good at, at scoring goals. Off the top of my head, Dumbarton. Yep. Rig. Yep. That'll be it.
1: There's three games. Dumbarton, Dumbarton and, two, and ag- two against Bonnie Rig, Because they scuffed us at Bayview 3-0, <sighs> and then there was the 0-0 So you look at that, and this goes back to everyone's like, oh, we're fine because Bonnie Rigger's shit. We can't score against them, and we've got a huge game coming up against them in March, potentially.
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, for, for me, we need to be, or our board of directors need to be having a conversation this week about, you know, we're in panic stations here. Let's find additional funds to... To, to, to let Greg bring who he wants because that's what Forfar have done. Forfar yeah, but- rooted bottom of the table. They sacked their manager. They brought their manager in and they backed in. Now whether they're going into financial throws to do so, I don't know. No idea. But now's not the time for me to be. Not. I don't want to say penny pinching because I don't know. <laughs> You know, I don't know for penny pinching. Now's not the time for me to be saving for a rainy day fund. No, the rainy days here, the rainy days now, um, and it should be right. Okay, you know, let's let's go balls to the wall because I think you know we keep harping back to this, and I'll probably get a kick in the nuts for saying it, but we're, we're charging fans eighteen pound, and they're still coming. I don't think their numbers have dropped really. Yeah, but I didn't look at the attendance yesterday. The what,
1: what was it? Yeah,
2: I think it was. A, I wanted to say somebody said 450 but I could be wrong. Mm. Um but you know the, the fans are still coming. They're, they're still there. You know I don't think the numbers have really dropped off so they they're doing their bit by paying the extra now granted all the costs for the club have well, really are gone up with and as well as not having the likes of Forfar and and these guys bringing droves away fans every week so you know they're, they're probably losing out a bit financially but for your your core customer which is what these five fans are they're not getting banged for their buck and uh, you know the highest price in the, the league you know I think fans would probably eat that up if the quality on the part was better and it's far from it now you know Greg's made a few comments in, in post-match about you know getting the fans behind us and and that sort of stuff, and and that's that's fine and well, but it's never been the case at Bayview where the team's universally backed. Um, but yesterday, I, I did hospitality yesterday with my my dad and my mummy Stephen. I was in inside in the second half, um, thankfully, but from what I could hear, it was it was a very very poisonous atmosphere yesterday. And I'll be completely honest, there's not been many, if any, times I've booed a team off the back. I'd have been very tempted yesterday.
1: I was listening at the end of the highlights to kind of see what the reaction was. The, the worst thing that East 5 can have just now is actually not to have those boos and just to have silence and have apathy. Because nothing's going to kill us more than just having an apathetic fan base because that's when you lose them. We've already seen a number of long-term fans sadly pass away over the last few years it's like are we bringing in new enough new fans to to sustain it
2: well that's pretty do give the club the the kudos and the, the season tickets for the, the the community football club kids i yeah. think that they contributed the community football club contributed towards them but you know the club didn't have to to give them the, the place that they got i think so you know we are trying to foster New fans, but that
1: on the park isn't going to do that. Let's. I. I. I'm gonna. I'm gonna try during this to be a little bit of devil's advocate, and like put forward some positives, just so that we, this doesn't sound like we're both going to be in a big moan fest. And yeah. I mean, one of the things that you touched on there, actually, what we should also mention as well, if anyone hears Lee breaking up a little bit, it's. He's got some Wi-Fi issues, so it's not too bad on my end, Lee, so don't worry about that. But it's just in case if anyone's thinking, oh, there's a little bit of a breakup there. It's it's not that he's reached the end of his tether.
2: <laughs> no, definitely not. Um I'm not coming to you live with a toaster <laughs> standing in front of my bathtub no. or anything like that. But No, um, give, give it a yeah, few might... more weeks.
1: Yeah, that'll that'll be the exciting what podcast.
2: I'll have a, a, a massive pop at Virgin Media. My Wi-Fi's been down since Thursday. And they still haven't fixed it so i'm currently tethering using my mobile network sim that i get from my work which is running flawlessly so yeah visit, it's, it's... visit your local free store to get one of them
1: there you go. <laughs> so here's a couple of positives just to to put a spin in it just a Please. little bit so i mean you touched on it right now we are still three points off third we're sitting fifth because when I was reading all the comments yesterday after the game I hadn't looked at the league table by that point and I hadn't looked at the other results and I was like oh shit does this mean like we've dropped down to like 8th or ninth?" and then when I did look at the table I was like oh we're still actually mid-table I get I get why the fans are frustrated do not get me wrong I am not defending this in any shape or form but I don't know that it is I don't know that the situation is as dire as when I was reading some of the comments last night made me think it was. It is dire, do not get me wrong, because if Bonnie Rigg going a bit of a run. One thing though, just from reading various stuff online, in various forums and Facebook and stuff, I, I think we as East 5 fans, we need to be a little bit realistic here in that we are not an attractive club For players to come to just now and i've seen so many folk going why did we not go for this guy why did we not go for that guy We, we don't know for starters whether greg did or not that that's one of the things it boils down to but i mean we were chatting a little bit last night about this we're not an attractive proposition right now if i was a player or if i'm an agent of a player i'm not saying to them go go to East Fife. Unless East Fife's paying way more money than someone else is, which I don't think we would be. Why are we an attractive proposition to go to? Because we are not looking good just now. You might be a guaranteed starter. That might be the only attractive thing to come in. And you made a good point of Forfer and Bonnie Rigger adding players. I think Forfer's a way more attractive proposition just now because Forfer looked like a team that's on the way up Whereas we look like a team that's stagnated and the only way for us to go now is down. Bonnie Rigger adding players, yes, and may, maybe not top quality players, there might not be players that we're we're even wanting. But those fresh faces coming in can give a team a spark. And who knows, maybe travel's better for them, maybe Bonnie Rigger paying a bit more than us, maybe they like the community spirit of Bonnie Rigg, because it is a good community club.
2: I mean, you'll be playing in front of a 1,000 people every week.
1: Yeah. And it's like, stuff like that goes. Right now, if I, I'm i an East Fife fan, I would want to play for East Fife. If you've no affiliation or affinity with East Fife, why the fuck would you want to come to us right now? Uh,
2: see, I will flip that, because I think if you have a look at Aidan Quinn's interview when he first joined, you know he pretty much says that former players who have played for us have said what a great club we are and how well run we are. And, you know, I think that, that things like that do speak for the club. Um, you know, we've got to remember that we have just come down from League One, so we will still be seen as a bigger club than, than some of the other ones in the division. However, that only goes so far until somebody offers you an extra 100 quid a week or an extra mm-hmm. 50 quid a week. And if you're a young player, you're like, well, if I get an extra 100 a per the week, that's an extra £400 a month, that's an extra, you know, X amount a year, my is picking up to do it. That. That's your yeah. gas and
1: electric paid for.
2: Yeah, could, I mean, it could be your gas and electric, it could be an extra night out with your mates, it could be, you know, designer gear, it could be yeah. gear, it could be any of these things. <laughs> uh, you know, you've got to think about that and I mean, if you look at the players that we've got just now, young players perhaps that are you know, decent. They'll maybe be assessing their future, because you know they'll probably hear from other teams that they're playing against like, "What are you on a week?" And mm-hmm. I said, "I'm only getting that." Well, you know, if there's a chance for me to move abroad, but you know, until we get rid of ranking and get some fresh investment, that's that's never going to happen. So we just need to, you know, I think Doug said it countless times about where we are as a club. Um, we probably are where we are. Um, you know, a yo-yo club between League One and Two, but I really don't want that to be a a club that you know if it, we can't be sitting here arrogant and thinking we won't go down. Well, I'm pretty sure Brecon didn't think they would go down. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that Cowdenbeath didn't think they'd go down. You know, East Stirlingshire or well, maybe them, but I mean, aside the Brecon, none of these clubs have ever looked like coming back up.
1: No, and I, I like if if Brecon were to come straight back up again, and that's still a big if because there's a a long road ahead. I mean, going down might actually prove to be the best thing for them, but that is the outlier here because you look at the other clubs where it most certainly has not been the best thing for yeah. them. I just realised as have well. To I look started at form
2: against non-league clubs, Michael. Yeah, Banksy, e, Broa. You know, Buxton even gave us a fright in the cup this year. Um, BSC Glasgow I, or whatever they're
1: called, you know. I, I was gonna say I just realised I started what I said there by going, I'm gonna put a positive spirit on things and finished it by going, Why the fuck would anyone come to us? So maybe yeah. maybe my positivity's not quite there. But going back to what I was trying to be positive about, we are mid table. This season is very salvageable and could yet turn it into a, a playoff playing season. That's how fine everything is. I, I've got a friend over here. Um, his name's R- Rituro. It's not his real name, but it's just his online persona. And he plays a lot of Football Manager. He's like written stuff for Football Manager. He provides a lot of the scouting and stuff and does a lot of stuff behind the scenes for them. So he's been playing as East Fife on, on Football Manager and he sent me a message going hey, I, I've done really well, I've got you promoted from League 2, blah, blah, blah. And he said, way better than you're making it out to be. And I went, no, we're currently third or fourth. I can't remember what we were at that point. And it's like, oh, really? Because I, I listened to your show over here. And he's like, you were talking about how dire the situation could become. And I went, yeah, but we won a game and we suddenly it's looking rosy. And then he looked at the table and was basically like, Jesus, like, three points i think it was between third and tenth at that point it's like that must be stress free for y'all and basically that's what this season is because a yeah. win and it's like you're feeling positive A defeat and we're like oh this is the end of the world we're going down and i think it's going to stay like this for a number of clubs right to the very end and it isn't going to be a stress-free yeah. time for a number of these sides including us but we just have to win some games, and I know that's easier said than done. If you're Greg right now, or I've just made you manager of the club, what do you do in the next two weeks to turn this around?
2: Send a striker, send a left-back, um, and stand outside Jim, Jim's door, asking for more money to improve the playing squad. Um you know, that that's honestly it. I, I think that we, we need to, an expression I hate, but break the bank and try and, and bring in players that are going to seriously improve the quality of the team. And unless we do that, we're going to be playing with fire between now and the end of the season. I, I do have concerns that it's a bit like, oh, we'll be fine. And I don't think we could afford that mentality. You know, when we were in League One and, you know, we, we didn't throw the kitchen sink at it to stay up, I kind of almost accepted that because I was like, oh, but the teams around us are, are just a, a lot more, you know, financially able to do it. If we get dragged into a relegation dogfight, my concern is that if we lose that dogfight, there'll be people that are gone forever and won't come back. And I would yeah. worry about the the sustainability of the long-term future of the club.
1: Yeah, that, I think, is, is a genuine big concern just now. Because if you read some of the comments from last night, th- these aren't fickle fans. These are like long-term fans, 40, 50, 60-odd years, some of them have been following this club. And the amount of people last night said, this is as bad as we can remember this. Yeah and it, it, it I, is, I remember I, bad days under Gavin Murray but you didn't have that trap door at that point whereas yeah. I think we might have finished second bottom of when it was the three divisions I think we finished second bottom one year it might have been third bottom and that's the worst I can remember but you never had that worry of oh well we could be out of the league here yeah, yeah I
2: don't know I, I just think that it, what Greg asks for in the next two weeks, You should get. You've got to back your man. You know that's the person that that, that, that beat out the, the other candidates. You've got you've got to back him.
1: But and
2: you've got have to we back left it too him. late?
1: Though it's like what what is available? What is available that other clubs haven't snapped <laughs> well,
2: up? Let's be honest. Other clubs particularly, probably, Premier League club so I'll be still trying to bring players in and then that moves somebody else down the pecking order um, between now and the end of the season um, or the, the end of the window so you've got to hope that, that there's somebody like that that we, could, that we could potentially get but I really don't know because I know that we're not Want to go and pay a fee for a player? And the guy that's banging all the goals at, at Boness. There's mm. a few other the the guys have have went to like even Albion Rovers have been paying fees for players. Elgin have been paying fees for players. You know, they, these that's what I'm saying. These clubs are throwing the kitchen sink at it, and I don't think we are. And I think that we need to. Um, I think yeah. that we, we really really need to.
1: Because like clubs like Albion Rovers, Strandr. Elgin, like, if they fall out of the league, I don't see any of them having the the money to come back in. Like, if Elgin went back into the Highland League, they're going to find it really hard to come out of that. If Albion Rovers, I don't know yeah. what where they would end up, whether it would be Lowland League, whether they'd be out in the West League, they're not coming up again from that. So they they know that. I, the, the, Again, this is maybe just wishful thinking if we went down i think we could come back up because i think we've got the structure there to do it but it wouldn't be easy and
2: i think that's a big shout michael um and it's not me being negative it's it's just trying to look at it realistically i mean there's some some big teams in that one League. um and, and big teams that are being backed financially you know well you've got
1: ambitious teams like like Spartans who are so well run both on the men and the women's side it's like they're starting to find their groove and like they were a team that had tried to get in the Scottish League for years and they yeah. found it tough now to make that jump because there's always been somebody else that's come in with more money than them and they, they've kind of got the players to, to get out of that league before them but if you look at what is going to be still available, Unless we come in with offers to clubs to to actually buy players, we're relying yeah. on loan deals, and they're hit and miss. We've seen that they're hit and miss. Yeah. For yeah. for every Jack Hamilton, you've got a, a pause there because I couldn't think of really bad examples. But for every Jack Hamilton, you've got a I don't want to give me a loan. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean he's he's you know He had a good game against Elgin but one good I know game I was he,
1: singing his praises and I was like, oh maybe this is him turned the corner and then it's two games of ah maybe not.
2: not he'll probably go to another club that will play the ball on his feet and he'll do well, but we're pumping long balls up there. That was actually really harsh by the way. And um, but we have had some, some He, he got a
1: lot of criticism yesterday though. I I I I did see that.
2: I feel I feel really sorry for him because he just pumped, we were pumping long balls up to him and, you know, he's a really young, lightweight guy. Hasn't he hasn't really filled out yet. And you're coming up against big bruising the centre-halves. So they just ragdolled him. Absolutely ragdolled him. And he's not got the intelligence of Shepherd or Trouton who know how to move their body to get in front of them and draw a foul or anything like that. Um, Elgin struggled with him because we played the ball in his feet a few times Um and that's when we caused them bother. We don't play the ball at his feet. I mean, I don't even think
1: he had a shot yesterday. Well, no honestly, he, had, he had that ball into to, to Shepard That Shepherd put wide. That was probably his best standout thing from the game. From what was yeah. shown in the highlights anyway. Yeah. I mean, let, yeah. let's let's quickly look at the last two games. So that, I mean, the Steny game. I mean, I I ended up not even watching the the highlights because we didn't do the show last week. I just yeah. I'd read some of the comments. I was like, ah. I won't bother watching that, but I mean, on paper, a one-all draw against Steny, a team round about you, didn't seem too bad, and it was a point at home where inexplicably we are just dreadful. For I, I don't know, I don't know what that's down to this year. No one does, otherwise we'd be able to fix it, obviously.
2: Yeah, I honestly don't know. Um, I really don't know. I, I it's almost impossible to put your finger on. Um, you know, I was, yesterday morning, I said to the wife, next Saturday, we've got Annan away. We've got like a night out in, in Edinburgh next Saturday. I was like, I'm going to take the car to Annan. You get the train to Edinburgh. I'll then drive back from Annan, leave the car at the parking ride and then I'll come in. And, I, and this morning, she's like, so like, what's the plan for next Saturday? I was like, I'm not going. Hmm. <laughs> I can't. Uh, and I think I've missed maybe two games this season mm-hmm. through illness um, this will be the first game I've act- actively decided I'm not going to go you know I've done Elgin away t- twice I've done Stranraer. I've done Aaron. Um, you know if I, if I didn't have that night I on Saturday I'd probably just sucked it up and went but now I'm a- but like, oh, it's not worth all the extra hassle. I'll probably change my mind next Friday. And if you see me at the game, feel free to give me pillars, But Well, I mean, um,
1: that's, see, that's the thing, though, because it's like, there's so many of us are going to have been through that. We're all going to have said, ah, I'm not going next week. And then it gets to Friday night or it gets to Saturday morning and you're like, I'm going to go. Yeah. And that's what East Five's relied on for too long. This That loyalty, that blind loyalty of fans. and Yeah. That's what they can't take for granted. But I mean, I'm looking. There's 15 games left. Thankfully, eight of them are away from home, and only seven's at home. So there's a positive.
2: Unless we um, get in the playoffs. Yeah. Top
1: or bottom? I was thinking. Yeah. What? <laughs> uh, what? are we talking about here? Let's just be thankful. There's not straight relegation that I've been yeah. calling for. Yeah. I, I might be but changing I mean, my mind on that maybe,
2: now. Me. We we go into those relegation playoffs and we'll get battered by whoever we get. Yeah. But he oh, <laughs> could have got a really good side. You know, pretty confident that they would beat us if they, they win the low, the the Highland League. And if we play like a Tranent or a Spartans, um, in the Lowland League, you know, then there's every chance that they would beat us as well. I mean Trinent have got a really good side. A really yeah. good side. I mean, um, I, I
1: I've been calling for automatic relegation for the the team that's bottom. Nah, I
2: sure I'd
1: like, sure yeah. <laughs> now it's like ah, maybe not. <laughs> I mean, I, I'd still like automatic relegation, and the second bottom team goes in that playoff with yeah. somebody. But so it's like whoever wins the battle. But, c- c- this is what I'm not quite understanding with the the setup because we've got the Lowland League and the Highland League. So where's the Western teams fitting into this? I think they come up via a playoff with another team.
2: was that I think Darville lost the playoff to go
1: up. So they would go up the into team. the Lowland League?
2: Yeah, I think so. Because there's a lot of you've got to remember, right? Rangers B, Rangers, uh, mm. Celtic B, e, um what are they called now? Open goal FC, they're all West Coast teams.
1: Oh, right of now, course, the yeah. Borders. yeah. So I I, I, was, I just think that's stupid because it's like there's so yeah. much talent there that they should somehow be
2: yeah I mean you've got to think the the big, big big clubs through the west coast like ex junior clubs like Auchinleck and Kewin and Rangers and Pollock like these are clubs that that get a really good fan base every week you know if 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 they start creeping their way into the divisions then they'll move up as well
1: yeah I, mean, I think that if if you look at the Scottish league tables in five years it could be very interesting as to to who is yeah. sitting where and the yeah <laughs> see <laughs> what what prem though it's like uh, East of Scotland Premier <laughs> always say things um, that could be
2: taken out of context and then use them to be proven right
1: true I, I didn't say what Premier
2: exactly <laughs> that's exactly what I meant
1: yeah. what kind of reception did Naismith get when he came back I was curious about <laughs> that that was no, a weird noise <laughs>
2: Like, meh, um nothing. I mean I, I I clapped him out and then he started celebrating when they scored and I was like, fuck you
1: then he's <laughs> well, gonna celebrate. Nah. He, didn't, he applied for the job and didn't get it. Uh, right. I mean I I get doing that to the
2: the board maybe, but maybe not so much the fans. Um you know, mm. um fair I mean fair enough, like Give it out to me, like because I said that did not want him back, but uh, maybe maybe not so much. Uh, he was
1: our first interview.
2: He was. Uh, was he our first ever one? It? I think he was. No, Paul McManus was our first ever. One. Oh,
1: okay. He was our second one then.
2: It um, was one of the first. And look, great, great guy. Yeah, I really like him. You know, the the things that we say on here are never ever personal. They're only based on football and matters. You know what I mean? Like Darren Young. I would probably say is arguably the best East five manager in my lifetime. Um, you know, but at the end, you know, I felt that like we had to change it because of the form that we were in. Um, you know, and I'm sure that he probably thinks that all the boys in the podcast are a bunch of wanks. Mm. <laughs> um, I, I tell
1: you, actually, that would be an interesting thing to ask the listeners. Obviously, we've got a, a lot of age range of people, but who who's been the best manager? In your lifetime as an nice East Fife fan, and um, don't just take it as who's been the most successful. For example, Dave Bakey, was he a good manager, or could anybody have got that team up with the money that Willie Gray had put into it? Because that's what I would argue in that case. So when you look at what resources they've had and what they've done with those resources, who would you feel has been the best manager as when you've uh, been an nice East Fife fair. fan? I'd like to hear that. I think that's actually a good trick. Because when you said that, I was surprised, and then I was thinking, I was like, actually, yeah. you know what? With the resources that he had, the
2: results against the Rovers, the the, the big teams that were dumped out in the cup, um, you know, we we had good cup runs under him. Got to the semi final, the Iron Brew Cup, or the Bourbon mm-hmm. Biscuit Cup, or whatever the fuck it's called now. Um, you know, so you've got to. I, I would say it's got to be Darren. I and mean, you know, there's people on there, like, saying that we should have sacked him when he didn't get us into the playoffs and all that sort of stuff. What they didn't realise is we were outperforming. That wasn't where we deserved to be. We were outperforming, given where we are as a club. Um, just now, anyway, and f- against the financial, you know, gap that we've got against other teams. But for me, you know, Darren is the, the best Fife manager of my lifetime. Um, you know, I think... Anybody could have got us up with the money Bakey had yeah. to spend. Um, he was he was literally playing football manager with a cheat on. Um, Gary Naismith, the season that we won the league and we had a good team, but I mean, I think Bakey's team would have battered them. Oh yeah, that's that's that, that's yeah. me being honest. I think that Baker's that, that is five team
1: at, at at that level that division is one of the best teams I think of all time at that. Division,
2: yeah, they won the league in the quickest time,
1: yeah, did more points than Rangers with all their, the backing that they had and stuff. So, I mean, that showed so,
2: you so funny because Jamie Insull, when he pipes up about East Fife, despite not watching us and being miles away and having no fucking clue, Space Cadet, Um he's he came out and said that East Fife team that won the league that I was part of are arguably the greatest East Fife team of all time, and I was like. We've won the Scottish Cup. I know. The League Cup three times. I was like, he can't say that. He's like, I'm not saying it's fact, I'm just saying it's up for debate. <laughs> I was like, it's not up for debate though because all those teams are batter you. I was like, as a matter of fact, our 2018 team would have beat you as well. Um, mental. It's basically that. Anywho. Um, but realistically, to try and wrap things up because we're coming up ten an hour and yeah. We said we're going to try to keep it ten hour
1: Yeah. I, I've got two things I wanted to last talk about, yeah. so yeah, let's quickly wrap your a bit up. <laughs> um. Right. Yesterday's yeah. game because we haven't really touched on that uh, too yeah. much. I don't want to delve into it because obviously we we do want to keep this to about an hour, or I think probably ten more minutes, and we'll call this a day. That first half, the the start of it, it wasn't too bad. Morric had a, a long range shot early on, and then the penalty. It was a soft penalty to give away. It was a stupid penalty to give away. It's a penalty, though. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm not not questioning it. It was just. Yeah. It was one of those ones that, as a manager, especially when you've been a defender, you're like, why? Why did you make that challenge? There was really no need to do it. Well,
2: if I remember right, Mercer goes for a side tackle doesn't win it, the boy dribble's passed, then Steele's dragged out to try and cover from him and he dangles a leg. Yeah. Um, you know, it's players at that level will be clever enough to, to con a penalty out of that and, you know, it was a penalty. Um, great penalty though.
1: Oh, I yeah, yeah. Of, I mean, I, I felt hard, sorry yeah. for Fleming, there wasn't much Goes he out. could have done with any of those goals and he had a string of good saves. Like, two minutes after that, he, tipped the ball over if it'd gone to 2-0 at that point because you saw on the highlights because I know you haven't watched it back yet so you won't have seen the close-ups when that penalty went in you literally see heads drop like you yeah. physically see their heads go down not even just that. mentally it's like yeah. all their body language is like ah fuck yeah I, I guess one of the talking points and we do have to talk about it I Yeah, it could have been a game-changer, depending on what happened. Should their keeper have been sent off for handling outside the box? I say no. No. Yeah, I say no as well.
2: I think if they're going to stop a goal scoring opportunity from it, then it's a red card. For me, it's a yellow.
1: He, He misjudged it and punched. If that was our guy and he got sent off for that, you'd be spitting feathers and screaming blue murder. I I saw a few guys, not many to be fair, and Liam did dangle the question as well to to Greg that, oh, could that have been the game changer? Yeah, if he'd been sent off, it could have been, but it would have been harsh as fuck. He did not deserve to get sent off. Not for me. not But that free kick from Shepard, it was a great free kick. Yeah. And again, you wonder if that had gone in, does he have a different mentality then? Has he got that monkey off his back? Would he have put that other effort in the back of the net a few minutes later? I know it's all ifs and buts. and yeah. Football's stuff a game of like fine margins, Michael. We know I mean, that. It really is. And it's like, I've said I, before, we had a manager here that said that a lot and he got pilloried for it, but it's like, it's very true. Um, yeah, it's true. Four minutes before half time, they get the killer second. We've talked a little bit about it, so we won't delve into it. All I'll say is, Hilton took it very well. It was a a good finish. She still had work to do when the ball came through to him. Yeah,
2: Yeah, a good finish.
1: And that's that's the kind of goal we do not get, it feels. Then the second half, Mercer brings us back into it, and it's 2-1, and it's the kind of goal that I love because I like my Route 1 football. I love a long throw, perfect long throw, lovely flick on, falls to Mercer, he buries it. That was a great goal. Good finish. I mean, was
2: about to be there our, our, our top goal scorer this season. Um, yeah. You know, from fullbacks. It was good.
1: I can't remember who got the flick on. I don't know. But it, it was really well done and that is something they should be working on. If they've got this long throw and a flick in their, in their arsenal, they need to, to pull that out a little bit more. Now, obviously, the more you do it, teams get ready and defend for it, it's no matter if you're expecting a long throw, it's a hard thing to defend against.
2: Yeah.
1: The interesting thing in the, the commentary, which you won't have heard yet, is after the goal, Liam says Let's see what Stranraer are made of. Two minutes later they showed what they were made of by just walking through our team and as you touched on earlier, for me that was our that was our worst goal that we gave up. That was just absolutely shocking defending. We were just ripped apart. The ball comes in. He just walk, walks us through the two guys and just buries it.
2: The thing is, Michael, it's is, is similar to every goal we've conceded this year. If, if, you're, if you've got a scout watching these five, you tell your players, attack the fullbacks. They'll not get close to you. You'll get the ball in the box. And then you're telling your striker, we see our fullbacks. They're going to put the, the ball in. Follow the ball in. If, if, if I'm, you know, the the Annan manager and I've got a, a scout there yesterday, I'm watching the highlights, I'd be like, right, the guys at fullback will not get close here. you You'll get a chance to whip it in. Whip it in. And, you know, they've got that big Tommy Goss. I reckon he'll back a bag trick Hatrick next week if if, if they play similar to that because he's big, he's physical, you know, and, and he'll, he'll get himself in the right position. He'll probably miss 10 because he's quite clumsy with his chances, but...
1: But that's the thing that's what I have I've said this for years like here over there it's like I don't care if we've got a striker that misses 10 shots if he gets one or two goals a game yeah. at least he's getting in those positions at least he's yeah. making it he, he's he's a handful for defenses that's what we need it's what we we thought we maybe had with Shepard we thought Shivoni was maybe going to to be a guy that yeah, can do stuff yeah better side
2: when Chavone plays but you can't get keep him on the pack
1: <sighs> I know um,
2: I, I'll, I'll be honest with you see you next week I could easily see Annan sticking four or five past us
1: well let's just quickly look at the games that we've got coming up so we've got Annan away next Saturday then at home. home at Stirling which if we get anything from that with our home form and with Stirling's form is going to be amazing and I'll then a on big way. one for me, is Albion Rovers. That could be very, very telling, as could a couple of weeks later, because we've got Dumbarton then coming. Like, our our home form is shit, and the next two teams we've got at home are Sterling and Dumbarton. Great. And then after that, we've got Forfer, who's on a rise as well. So we're looking that we might have to pick points up on the road. So you've got Annan, Albion Rovers, and Strenraer as your next three away games. And like Stranraer are breathing down our neck just now. They're just behind us on on goal difference. You've got Albion Rovers that if they win, their goal difference is better than us. So they go ahead of us. And then all of a sudden, it really is squeaky bum time.
2: Yeah, Yeah, I mean, and that's where I'm saying, you know, kitchen sink. And I want to keep saying it. We, We have to, in the next, what, nine days um, being able to sign players like actually sign them and then after that we're relying on free agents or loans but we've got to throw the kitchen sink at it we need to bring players in um, and and I use the word players yeah. I don't think that we can afford to um, you know to, to only bring one in and, and where my confusion is, is, is both Greg and Stevie said, I've got budget there for players. I've got budget yep. there for players. I've got budget there for players. We've since shipped Scott Gallagher out, who was on a decent wage. Yes,
1: that's more money freed
2: up. Yeah. So that should be... You now, I'm not assuming for any second that we're not paying a decent... Uh, we're, we're probably covering even Quinn's wage. We're probably covering Scott, uh, uh, Agnew's wage, who I'm sure to be a player and a coach is, is probably on a decent one. So... I'm sure that would have t- taken up some of it, but for me, you know, I, um, who, so who who all went? Because we lost Gallagher, the boy Anderson went, and There's a lot of the young guys. Ba- I mean, Baldy went, oh, Williamson's yeah. away, so there's four four wages out, only two brought in. I know it, it was great.
1: starting to look decent because the guys were going out. We had made those couple of additions. We'd got the win in Elgin. There was a little bit of a feel good factor almost coming back, and then it's just gone off the rails. Yeah. yeah. And I
2: mean, I mean no, like I, ne- I, next I, I,
1: week with Annan yeah. as well, because they've gone ahead of us. So all of a sudden you lose that and you're four points off the playoff as opposed yeah. to just be like bouncing about it. So then it starts to yeah. be a whole different wanted, like, story. Oh, let me check that because I had Bonnie Riggs fixtures up because they've got a game in hand, but thankfully it's against Sterling. So you kind of think, oh, that's maybe they're yeah, not going to win them that. Away it,
2: yeah, like... so
1: that yeah, that's good. But then they've got Annan and then they've got they've got a couple sure, of big nah. games coming up because it's Stranraer as well. But that's never an easy place to go to. I mean, I still think Bonnie Riggs the team that's in trouble, but yeah. we don't want them to be nipping at our heels when we go to play them in March. No.
2: I just don't think they've got really any firepower. At least we've got goals in us. Because if you have a look at yeah. their recent form, because I just had it up there. Hold on.
1: I mean, they've scored 23 we got, goals got, this year. We've yeah, scored 30, so yeah. They,
2: they got beat They got beat 4-0 yesterday. 4-0 the week before. Then scored three. Then didn't score. Scored one at Dumbarton. One at Steny. One at Forfa two at Elgin,
1: mm.
2: one at, one at um, Bonnie Rixle. Um, You know, there's they're not scoring as many goals. No. And I think that we've definitely got more
1: goals in us. If they can add the striker that we're looking for, and I don't mean that as in a specific player, but if they can add yeah. a goal scorer, well, it's they a different the, story.
2: They signed the young lad from Gala, him, didn't they?
1: Yeah, the guy that's been getting a lot of goals. So uh,
2: yeah, um, so I mean, I don't think that he's he's going to set the header on fire for them. I could be wrong, but um, yeah, we need to to, to, to seriously invest um, one more time, kitchen sink time, yep. um, and and hope to hope to God that whoever we bring in is the, the right sort of player. They can't be anything younger than twenty one. No, and they we need, to, they,
1: we we need
2: good experienced players. Yep. Um, I, I know a lot of fans were upset about Martin Rennie going to Clyde but you know don't get me wrong he would have given us a different option but I mean he didn't set the Heller on fire the last two clubs he was at um, and a bit injury prone the guy Russell McLean going uh, um, to and I think one that we might live to regret but um,
1: you know again if, like, if you're if you're faced with joining a team that's challenging to go up and us you going yeah y- no you're it's like I, I can't yeah. blame the players for that and I can't blame the players if they want to take an extra 50 or 100 a week either, it's like who wouldn't? Yeah. Let, let's finish with a big question which is what everyone's been talking about this weekend and I saved it to last on, on purpose because we won't get too much into it yet maybe next week we'll see there's been a lot of folks saying that Greg needs to go and it was a wrong decision, he shouldn't have been appointed We'll maybe talk five minutes about this, Max, for now. We were chatting a little bit about it, and my, my feeling is it's too late to let him go now and bring someone in because unless you've someone lined up, and I guess Scott Agnew is maybe the big standout figure, but if Greg goes, Agnew's going to get it maybe on an interim basis. I can't see him not. Unless you've got an experienced coach lined up that is going to come in and bring some players in with him, there's not time for a new manager to come in and make a difference. You're as well having the manager that knows these players now. And yeah. if it means we end up finished second bottom, I take that as a win for this, this season. We write this season off and we start afresh next year. I, I just, I I understand that folk... Aren't happy with one win in nine, and the play hasn't been good. We just can't keep going through managers like this.
2: Yeah, I mean, if, if and, and I'm going to get splinters on my ass and sit in the fence
1: tomorrow. That's honestly. fair. Um, well, I, I, I'm I putting you in a difficult position, obviously, as well, because you are doing stuff for the club. So it would have been better to have like Gordon and, yeah. and Doug on Look, as well I, to I chat about f- this. Greg would tell him.
2: Yeah, I mean, Greg would tell, probably tell himself that one win nine isn't good enough, and you know, at some clubs is sacking form. Mm-hmm. That's and and that's not my opinion per se. Is uh, that's black and white. So you know, it, it is sacking form. Um, but you know, the the, the club of have, have backed Greg for the job. They, they, you know, they they did their due diligence this time. Mm-hmm. So they interviewed some some decent candidates. They felt that Greg was the man to take them forward. For yeah, and, me, they, and they
1: didn't feel that Aggie was. So it's like if they got rid of Greg yeah. and then Agnew suddenly gets it, it's like, well, are you admitting well, I you got the decision know, wrong? Or
2: I don't know if Aggie got interviewed. I'm not sure if he got interviewed or not. But, um, you know, they interviewed Gary Naismith. Mm-hmm. They interviewed Greg. They interviewed a few others. And... You know, Greg's a man that they've chosen to take forward. Now, if that is the you know, it, it's kind of like double. Is it is either back down or double down time for them now?
1: Yep, yep. So that, that's that's actually that's a really good way to word it. Yeah,
2: yeah. That's that's what you know. The board have got to make that decision. They the back down or double down. Double down in the back end and give him the the players that he wants to build his own team. Because again, I still feel that that is partially culpable but not fully culpable for this squad that's been assembled so they've got to either back him or sack him Um, and for me you know to the end of the season I would probably say that they need to to back him and give him the players that he wants or give him the budget to bring some better players in because I think that we need to really double down and and improve our squad yeah Um, if this
1: was December And we could get rid of a manager and have a whole transfer window ahead of us. I'd say, well, maybe it is worth doing that. But just now, I just feel it's too much disruption. And whoever comes in, what are they going to do with this group of players? Can they get anything more out of this group? I mean, maybe they can. Maybe they have better tactics. Maybe they've got better defensive shape. Maybe they've got contacts that could get some lone guys in. But you've got to be 100% certain that whoever you're bringing in can do what you need them to do. Yeah. Otherwise, there's no point, and there's no certainties in football. That's the problem.
2: Yeah, that's that's it. Um, you know, some of the names that were being sort of bandied around yesterday um, were like Danny Lennon. You know, he's obviously at a club just now, um, and you know, there's there's a few others, but nobody that that really stands
1: out. Um, that no, that's the problem.
2: But again, it's... it's, it's
1: I, I, I've switched. Yeah, see, I've switched from my viewpoint at the start of the season, where you folk were always saying, well, who would you get? Who would you get? And I was always like, well, there's going to be folk out there. At this time of the season, there isn't folk out there. That's the problem. that it's because they've been sacked for yeah. the performance.
2: Yeah. Um, you know, the, 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 there's fans that we should have went for Smith or, or we should have went for
1: Aggie. Or we should have hindsight's for the- always...
2: Of course it is. And I mean, don't get me wrong, there was a lot of people that even when they appointed Greg weren't convinced. Yeah. Okay. Now, I'm not going to sit here and deny or, or say that I wasn't somebody that backed Greg for the job because I was, because I did think that he had the, the credentials, he, he cared about the club, he's obviously went up through the playoffs before, he knew the players. You know, so I, so I did back, back Greg um, you know, and to a degree, I, I still do, but he, he needs to turn it around. He, yep. he has to turn it around. Um, I mean, he doesn't want yeah, to be very interesting. No, the... happier than me if he does, but it, it's got to be soon.
1: Yeah, no one at the club wants the club to be in the current position and state that they're in, but it isn't. It isn't as dire as it maybe feels because of where we are we just yeah. any any of these clubs from three down just needs to string yeah. some results together, and I know it's easy to do, and right now it's hard to see where this is coming from. But just to to finish, just by quoting Greg or paraphrasing Greg from after the game yesterday, he he's wondering what what is the real East Fife? Is it that team that went to Elgin and came away with that that yeah. result, or is it the team that we saw? capitulate to Stranrar yesterday we yeah. don't know if he doesn't know that is a bit concerning as well and you just have to hope that he knows what he can do to turn this around because he he knows the pressure's on him
2: yeah I tell you and this is what's in my head just now right and there'll be folk laugh at me for saying it and, and they could laugh if they like do you know what I would do if I was Greg I'd be walking up the stairs and speaking to Tony McMahon and bringing him into the coaching setup because Tony is an excellent coach and he's proven that everybody's winning.
1: But do you feel yeah. that he like if we don't have new additions, is that going to matter? Because can anyone get more out of this squad? Is uh, is this a squad capable of doing more and they're just How- being misused?
2: I always use him as an example but look at Sam Allardyce, right? And how yeah. many times he's, he's available to... is he not? <laughs> I know we could maybe break the budget for him, but just somebody that could shore us up. And I think that the level of pedigree that, that Tony's got coaching wise and his ability to, to understand the game is can only help. It can only help. Now I noticed that Scott McBride was as uh, under twenty managers yesterday was was down on the touchline, and this is by no means a slight on Scott McBride because I really like the guy and he's doing a good job with under twenties. But I mean, you've got Tony up there who's got real experience in coaching at this level. You know, he's done it well being overs for Darren. He's done it he's well. He's got you
1: for a as well, I think.
2: Yeah, but he's, you know, he's, he's got you know pretty much all all you can do. I would be saying to him, look, Tony, like, come in and give us a hand. What have we got to lose? You know, absolutely nothing. And, and Tony, from, from what I understand, really loves the club, obviously. He's, mm-hmm. he's really involved with the community side of things there. I, I would be asking him.
1: Well, let us know your thoughts. As we said, this with nothing planned, this was just all from the the heart and the hip. So it's maybe been a little bit all over the place at times. I like doing shows like this every, every now and again. It's more raw. But... I mean, next week hopefully, well we'll we'll see how hungover Lee is as well Um, if it's just going to be the two of us, we might not do a show next week because I I think you don't just want our opinions over and over, we need some fresh voices in on this as well.
2: If if you're somebody that goes to games regularly and you're looking to contribute, you know we we normally have somebody in reserves that, that goes but you know, that those people aren't really going to games anymore. So we've, we've not been able to, to call on an opinion. But look, if, if you're interested in, in coming on, as long as you do your best to be... Um, respectful. Eloquent
1: and respectful, yes, then, you know, we would be more than happy
2: to, to have another voice in the show.
1: So any final thoughts from you? Do you want to end on any fun or positive stuff or...
2: <laughs> I would love to um, however I just I think that you know as, as much as we're, we're doing gloom you know we, it's, it's only because football is such an emotive sport and, and particularly when it's a club like ours and, and you, you care so much for them you know it's, it is the way that you're talking it's through heart you know I, was, I spoke to a lot of like my inbox was packed last night a uh, fans that that you know want to to tell me their opinion and how they're feeling and you know last night was was brutal to be honest mm-hmm. um, you know so I, I could I could understand the hurt and the pain that everybody's feeling and particularly how how bad performances have been but let's just try and pull together and, and get ourselves out of this
1: yeah I mean as as things stand I'd be happy well I wouldn't be happy but I'd settle for ninth safety and then have a a fresh start next year whether that's with greg that's discussions to have at the end of the season um just last thing for me i don't know how much airplay this has got over there but just a bit of light-heartedness just to kind of end well kind of lightheartedness. um has the what's been happening with the us national team made it over there like the soccer parents fighting no Right, so I'll, I'll summarise this because obviously we don't go too long, but so, the manager of the US team Greg Berhalter at the World Cup, obviously one of yeah. their players is Gio Reyna the son yeah. of Claudio that Reyna that, that? Yeah. was at Rangers So
2: He's yeah. still at Dortmund
1: yeah. yeah, so basically in short, I'll try and keep this as short as possible um, he didn't get playing time at the World Cup threw a bit of a hissy fit Um, Berhalter nearly put him in the plane home. Um, in the end, he made him apologise to the players in the dressing room and all the players stood up and said, yeah, your behaviour is not acceptable and blah, blah, blah. Um, and that should have been the end of it. Then after the World Cup, Berhalter was at a summit for coaches and motivation and stuff. And he thought everything was off the record. And he told the story about what had happened with Reyna, but without mentioning his name. Then the next day, Raina posted on his Instagram saying, yeah, this is me he's talking about, and I don't appreciate that getting talked about in a public forum. But then, this is where it gets good. The Rainas and the Bearhalters have known each other for years, and their families are closed, they went on holidays together. The two wives were teammates and roommates at college. In 1991, there was a domestic assault incident where Berhalter kicked his then-girlfriend, who is now <sighs> his wife, and they've been married for umpteen years and got kids. She then told that story to US Soccer, saying he should be investigated, um, and was trying oh. to get him sacked because he wouldn't play her boy, and threw her boy under the bus and was saying he made a mistake when he was a young boy and he's got over it. And why should my boy be punished? And then Claudio can we, contacted can all these apples there. Yeah, right? I, I, I know. Um, Claudio then got in touch before putting pressure on US soccer as well. So it's all blown up. And then Berholt has come out and said he was basically being blackmailed and told the story of the incident that happened and said, so basically we, we talked it through, we were apart from for seven months and then we reconciled and we've been happily married ever since. So basically, Raina's mum has told a story a personal story about an incident that this woman didn't want out there and it's all blown up and there's massive investigations and everything and has had to step down as head coach until it's all over and Reina isn't in the current camp for the, the for America and stuff and it's like, whoa. So re- uh. read, read about it. It is batshit crazy. They will make movies about this. Only in (laughs) America. Yeah, it's like here in Canada, we're following it. Like, oh, this is amazing, but at the same time, you're thinking this poor woman Berhalter's uh, wife has had a very personal incident made public without her consent, and everyone's now talking about it. it." Yeah, and and it's like, well, I hope she's getting the support that she needs for this because all of a sudden, everyone's talking about your private life from 1991.
2: Yeah, I mean,
1: like I was, I was two. <laughs> yeah. So the Bear halt has made a statement explaining it, and then the next day, Reina's mum doubled down, going, "Oh, they're underplaying how serious this incident was."
2: Jesus.
1: So Reina is, is the general manager of Austin, so he might have to step down from that as well. So. That's insane. Yep. So that at, least, at least we insane. just have a shit football team to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that, but that's, that's really, One of the things opinion.
2: I did want to say, right, was obviously the whole situation with the Rovers, that like they're going to get bought over of or they're not, and they valued themselves mm-hmm. at three million and stuff. It makes you wonder what Rankin thinks or how his mind works. Because surely you're looking at East Fife as a depreciating asset, right?
1: Well, especially so, if we go out the league.
2: Exactly. So why isn't he doing what Wraith are doing and publicly saying, I own East 5 FC because mm-hmm. I don't think he owns any of the other clubs now. I own East 5 FC or getting Lorraine Twig to do it and saying, the club are available for sale and naming your price publicly. Mm. Because all that happens is is then the investors that these club, because like, there's loads of these foreign nationals desperate to invest in football now, right?
1: Well, so, there, there, there's a, like, in all seriousness, here in Vancouver, the team owns two CPL teams, Canadian Premier League teams, yeah. and they're looking to diversify into Europe, so they've got players for their players to go and play in the winter and stuff. Yeah. So it's like, I'm pretty sure to them, buying a club like East 5 would be a pittance from what they've got money-wise. But, I mean, I think, literally, from what I hear, Rankin's looking for about 400k. See, that, that, genuinely for these investors that's pocket money
2: yeah it's like 400k and then what do you get for that
1: do you get any land or do you just get do you get the stadium and the club
2: well we own the stadium and the club so so
1: you wouldn't get any of the land round about I'm not so sure on that
2: because I think a lot of that has been sold off now right Mm, probably Um, I'm not entirely sure I'm not probably the the best person to speak to speak to somebody intelligent in the situation like Eugene Clark
1: but Buy a club for four hundred thousand. I'm pretty sure most of us wouldn't give a fuck if we left Bayview for a new stadium. Yeah. Turn that into luxury oceanside flats. Build yeah. a new stadium you've got somewhere.
2: You have got the new rail link coming in and, and people in Edinburgh that have um, got a bit more money yeah. Yeah, and I'll be happy to commute. You know, it's it's good land for them, but said uh, it would be right in the middle of industrial estate where you live.
1: Yeah. Still yeah. though, you have a nice Still, view and that's that goes for a lot.
2: Off the bay. Yeah. Is that why it's called Bayview? <laughs> oh,
1: I never, ever thought about it. <laughs> it's better yeah. than the old Bayview, where you really had to stand in just one little bit at the back of the terrace and to get a glimpse of the sea.
2: Exactly. Um, but no, like that that keeps crossing my mind. Like, why isn't he just saying, do you want to yeah. I, do, I do want to sell up and, you know, here's what I'll take for it. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it is.
1: Because there there are foreign, I mean, obviously you don't want stuff like Saudi and maybe some of the Asian ones to come in.
2: Oh, no, I'd bite your hand off for a Saudi. Would you? Aye, why not? Go on a Champions League run, go for it. No, nah, I'm kidding. I am kidding before I get cancelled. i I'm kidding. <laughs> um, But I mean, if, if Raith are were three million, that's what they're wanting.
1: Four hundred is nothing. It. I mean, that really is a drop in the water for it. I'll speak. I'll speak. I'm speaking to the guy that owns this investment company this week, actually, because he's he owns the new Vancouver CPL team that's starting this year. I'll yes, say, hey, how about 400,000? What is that to you? Pennies, chunk change. Yeah, probably a... if you look in the back, he's... yeah, actually, probably would. Okay, <laughs> leave that with me. We'll see what we can do. But that is it for the show. If you've got any big investors, uh, if anyone wants to buy the podcast, we're happy to sell that as well. I'd
2: probably take a true
1: smart <laughs> We're coming up to our 100th episode, which we kind of want to do something a little bit special with. You talked about a best-of show. I don't want to do that because I have to edit it and try and find the best-of clips. So, yeah, what would you like us to do or who would you like us to have on to celebrate our 100th episode? Is there anything special that you would like? I don't know. We could. Uh, we've got we've got two episodes. This is episode ninety eight. So one we'll try and do something special for the was, hundreds. Was,
2: was, is like how we did the YouTube show. Is it we did a live one and just have people come on and ask us questions, like favorite interviews or talk about the oh, favorite yeah. part the show over the years. Um, so oh, you can get your internet
1: back working again. We can do that.
2: Oh yeah. Um yeah, I'll do my best.
1: <laughs> yeah, that would be actually that would be a lot of fun to to do a live YouTube show. We can Yeah, we can maybe try and see
2: if we can arrange some special guests to, to jump on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We'll work on that. Anyway, you know where to find us? On Twitter, Glory Days of Gold. Gold at gmail.com. Sometimes I even go in and check the email like I did this <laughs> week. Um we'll be back soon. I'll just leave it at that. We, we don't want to get our 99th out of the way because then that puts the pressure on us to do the 100th one. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. Weeks. We'll be back. Weeks. Yeah. Might not be next week, I, I think. Um, but we'll be back soon anyway. Until then, thanks for listening as always. Take care. Keep supporting the fight and fight the good fight. On the five.
2: Lord Provost Warren of Glasgow presents the Scottish League Cup to the side that lasted the course banner. All conquering East side.
0: As I made my way to that pitch on Wellesley Road To sing my songs for the boys in black and gold I heard the stories about 1938 I was just a boy and you had, had to wait yeah, Now there's broken dreams and what might have been At that stadium by the shore But those glory days and gold might return once more